This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hi, this is Monique. And this is Sydney. And you're tuned into Monique and Sydney's Open, Open Relationship. Relationship. It's going to be the type of conversations that normally we're afraid to have out loud. Is it okay to be gay? Friends. How many of us have them? Mother and daughters. Is it always all bad? The mind's like a parachute. It's no good unless it's open. <laughs> That's what's up. Hello, my loves. Hello, my loves. Welcome to another episode of Monique and Sydney's Open Relationship. I am Monique. And I'm Prince. And we're going to make it fun. Oh! No, actually, I'm Sydney. That's right, Daddy. I like that. Okay. All right, so what are we talking about today? Tell them. We are talking about black lives. And does our black lives matter to us the way we want it to matter to others? Let me say it again. Does our black lives matter to us the way we want our black lives to matter to others? Did I hit it right, Daddy? That's it. Come on, let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. And, and how do we get to here? Because normally, you know, we, we tell you all how we got to a conversation. It wasn't just one, just one thing. It's just the culmination of hearing Black Lives Matter and you watching the debate, uh, the presidential debate between Hillary and between Donald Trump. And for every negative thing that you hear in reference to Donald Trump, there's more things that are coming out regarding Hillary. And that culminated with... The things that we're seeing involving, you know, why are blacks supporting Hillary or people of color supporting Hillary? Why are they supporting Donald Trump? And then you begin to pose the question to yourself internally because it all begins to be a little ridiculous. Do our lives matter to us in the manner in which we would want them to matter to other people? And I think that uh, another piece was there was a young lady who was at the Philadelphia Sixers game. She was supposed to be singing for them last night, and she had on a, a Black Lives Matter shirt, and they pulled her at the last minute from being able to sing. So with that being said, with the violence that's going on in our community, when you're traveling, and a lot of people don't know because Monique doesn't like it to be publicized that she... Typically, when you see her in the city performing comedy, she's going into a school to talk to the kids because her passion is the older folks and the younger folks. And we, we share in that appreciation. So it made us say, what are we, uh, what are we, we really uh, fussing about? Is our appreciation, do we want people to pay attention to us because... Uh, the, a white cop choked out a black guy but in the black community we won't tell on Ray Ray who killed the little boy mm. but because we're afraid of the repercussions now we're not going to tell the police so they can do their job but we're accusing and saying that black lives matter so do they really to us oh they said that her shirt said we matter my apologies we matter. I knew it was something to that degree. But something as small as we matter. Come on. Not even black lives matter. We matter. Got it pulled. But it makes you say, before we look externally for a level of acceptance, mm -hmm. are we looking internally as deep as we should? You know, I'm, I, I, I told my daddy this morning, I said, I'm really excited about this show. I said, because when people say, you know, what you doing about the Black Lives Movement? What is the Black Lives Movement? And, and, and I'm humbly speaking, what is it? And when we say Black Lives Matter, do we really believe that? Do we really believe that? And does it only matter when it's a white person taking a black person's life? 
because y'all listen for the last few years we didn't been on tour and on the road and we're going into those cities and we're going into those high schools we're going into those nursing homes do black lives really matter because I'm seeing the devastation in our communities all across this country. And I'm not seeing nobody marching because the school system is so shot to hell. And when you go in these schools, baby, it breaks, it breaks our hearts because all the babies look like us. It might be one or two white kids in that school. The rest are black and Latin, and they look just like us. And they're saying, oh, Monique, they turned us over to the state. Oh, you know what? We can't take our books home. Oh, you know what? And you see the destruction and the devastation at this school. And you're saying, well, we, why aren't we raising hell about this? Because this affects us directly. Because if we don't turn off the future, y'all, our asses are screwed. So when we keep asking this question, does black lives matter? Do they matter to us? Do they matter? And, 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 and two, when people say I'm unemployed, especially in our communities, I'm unemployed. We ain't never unemployed. There's always work to be done. And at that moment, you doing something to service your community. It might not come with a paycheck. But that's what it means to me when you say black lives matter. Then who are we saying that to and what are we saying it for? And MZJ 1985, when you say even if we clean up our communities, it still won't matter. Mm. What I would say is this. Give it an opportunity to put it to the test. Because once we put it to the test, then we can speak about another aspect of society that's not approaching our needs. But I liken it to Malcolm X when he had to look further into his Islamic faith and he realized that all white people can't be your enemies because all black people aren't your friends. Come on. So when we start understanding that your color is not indicative of the level of treatment, the level of respect, because there are people who were in a civil, civil uh, uh, dealing with uh, Martin Luther King during civil the civil rights, rights movement. movement. Thank you, ma'am. During the civil rights movement that were Caucasian, that lost their lives on behalf of us when there were people in the church that refused to walk with Martin because he looked like he was a rabble rouser. So when we talk about what others are doing to us, there's no question when we live in a society and Donald Trump is a billionaire white businessman and he says the system is rigged, well, if it's rigged for your rich ass, what is it for people that are not billionaire businessmen, part of the 1%? Come on. So we got to realize that we can't wait for them or an outside salvation to come. And we waiting on the Lord. Sometimes we got to say we've been given all of what we need to make it happen for ourselves. And part of making it happen for ourselves is not even you going out in the community talking to everybody in the community. It starts with the community inside your home. Mm. And when you begin to have these conversations inside of your home and start speaking to your children, and we got to look at the dads who, if you're going to have the sex— and you're going to be with someone and you bring a life into the world, you got to stick around. That old shit like James' father from Good Times said, well, son, I just left because it was one more mouth not to feed. <laughs> well, God damn it. Right. Let's starve together then, brother, because you can't walk out. So when you hear the Republicans using that as a retort, I know it is to deflect what's being said to them but there's some truth to it and we got to be real enough to have the conversations amongst ourselves to say that's real shit and we got to deal with that so that when we respond it's not us responding in a way where we saying oh they they hit me so now we choke them out well we going to jail too okay we got to find a way to say how can we deal with us focus in on just conversation. Stop having the grandparents raising the kids. Come on. Because we want to have them, but we want to let grandma take care of the baby. We're doing ourselves a disservice, and then we want to point to the white man. Listen, for 400 years, we done known this shit is an unlevel playing field. So when you get caught out there dirty, why you acting like you expecting fair treatment? Why, why are you acting like you expecting to get fair treatment? Because you got caught out there dirty. You got to be clean. You got to stay clean. You got to do it the right way. Then when you do it the right way, 
you can complain, but don't be dirty and say I didn't. I got charged for more than this white kid who got charged for doing the same thing. I can't believe that. What? What? You can't believe that. If you can't believe it, then that means you're not paying attention to the environment that is around you. We're talking about it today, my babies. Does Black Lives Matter? And do the Black Lives Matter to us? us. I'm going to tell you, I was watching on Facebook, watching this guy videotape two guys fighting in the street in Chicago. One of the guys beat the guy up. The guy that got beat up, backed up a couple feet, pulled out a gun, and just started shooting at the guy. This broad daylight. Just start shooting at the guy in broad daylight. The guy ran and, you know, got away. He simply put the gun back and started walking down the street. And the guy that was videotaping, he said, this is a day in the life in what they call in Chirac in Chicago. So my question is, why do we, as soon as a white officer or a group of white officers, and let's keep in mind, this has been going on since we came here. These white officers that's killing black people is not something that's brand new. This has been happening forever. We marched 60 years ago. We marched 10 years ago. We marched five years ago. We marched last year. What happened? Nothing. So that's not something that's new. However, when you get us killing us at a rate that we we say it's alarming, what are we doing? What are we doing? I have not heard yet, and I'm not saying it hasn't happened. I have not heard yet of us coming together saying, listen, we got to patrol our own neighborhoods. I haven't heard. It happened back when we had a group called, y'all might have heard of them before, the Black Panthers. See, it happened back then when they said, we're going to patrol our own neighborhoods. We're going to make sure we feed our own community. And let me be clear about something, too, because what we're not doing is saying segregate it. No, we're saying all lives matter because they do. However, how can we stand up as black people and scream black lives matter, but we're not doing the necessities we need to do to build our community? And then for some of us to be so brainwashed to say, even if we do clean up our community, it won't make a difference. That's when you say we don't even know our history. We don't know about the black Wall Street. We don't know about the very rich neighborhood in Washington, D.C. We don't know about the riots that happened in Chicago because that was also a very rich neighborhood as far as black people were concerned. We don't even know our history to believe that if we do clean it up, then so what? Really? Are we that fearful that if we try to clean us up, that it's just going to be shut down anyway? And what else do you have to do while you're living? but better your conditions. Despite the fact of what may transpire, somebody may be plotting against you, you should think that's what it is so that you're prepared. It's the thing that makes you not put your head down. And these are the conversations that we need to have with our kids because when we say, I wasn't given it, so I didn't know how to speak it, for all that you were not given was all the answers you have to give because you know what you lack. So these are the things that you share with your children so they won't lack, at the very least, self-esteem. At the very least, the, the ability to understand that there comes a point in time in every man and woman's life that they must walk alone. And if you're not prepared to do that, then you're no good when you start walking with others because then you then need others in order to make you somebody when you should already be whole before you get to others. So our kids need to get the information while they're behind closed doors Mm. before they get outside, before they get to school, because what ends up happening is before the kids get to school, To get beat up and shot up, they've already been beat down and their spirits have been killed because we don't know how to speak to our own children with a level of respect and a level of regard. So that being the case, it's like we can talk all day about external forces. Are they real? Hell to the yeah, they real. But we must start focusing with ourselves because what outside force is going to help you out if internally you're not ready to receive that said help. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. You know, and so many of us, can't say all because that's unfair, so many of us still have such a fear for the white man 
that we will run over us to please them. And I remember one time I was in the Bahamas. And you know how you come outside to get in, you know, you get you catch the, the, the cab or whatever you're doing. And I was coming outside and I'm in the line to get in the cab and behind me was a group of white people. And the brother that was getting the people to cab, he came over and walked right past me and put the white people in the cab. And I watched that white man put fifty cents in his hand. They say it's I 50. watched him. He gave him two quarters. The other brother that came over to me and opened up my cab door, I put a $100 bill in his hand. And I looked at the other brother, and I said, it's people like you that make it bad for us. Because you thought that you had to go open up their door. She's irrelevant. She's black. She looked like me. Let me go open up their door because, you know, white is right. And I got to do. So not only did I say that in the Bahamas, I see it here at the airports, all around the country. I see it just in businesses all around the country where sometimes there's this feeling of, listen, you know I don't have to give you top-notch service. Yeah, because it's the same as the killings in a Chirac. You know I don't have to run away after I shoot at you because no one cares enough about you to come looking for your body if you're dead. You know if I give you mistreatment at this company, nobody's going to get on my back because I've mistreated you because you're a person of color. And we've bought into that. But just like last night at the premiere for Almost Christmas, there was an experience that Sister Robin had with a brother who happened to be a security guard on her back. And then... The white guy comes along, she explains the situation, and he's like, hey, no trip, I got you covered. But you trying to show off for this cat, and he's like, I'm not playing no game. I just need to know the facts of the situation. So, again, based upon the world in which we come from, it's very, very easy to get caught up in color because we were discriminated against because of the color of our skin. But you have to understand that a lot of the information that we are given, and really think about it, there's only a few outlets out there that are somehow not connected with the other outlets out there. And they are what you would call the 1%. And that 1% will have you under the impression that everybody that is black in the hood is a killer, is a thug, they shooting up, and that's what they do. But they also have you believing that People that do not look like you are also all against you. And that is the divisive tactic that oftentimes the media displays. And they're pushing agendas for individuals that are part of the 1%. And when we look closely at it, the very people who happen to be Caucasian sometimes, who buy into it sometimes, don't realize that they're being taken advantage of too. Because they'll have you believe that when you are a person of color, we the poor people— but there are more poor white people than there are poor black people. They would be draining the system far more than us. But what happens is it's the equivalent of there's a meat house up on the hill. And every once in a while they ride by and they throw several stakes in the community. And the folks are fighting over the few stakes in the community as opposed to saying, let's go up to the meat house on the hill. And that way everybody eats. So... When we start thinking about, again, what's transpiring in our community, it allows us to put the focus on us and say, I'm responsible for me. I can't have somebody else responsible for me. But if somebody cares enough about our community to help out, I'm going to welcome that help and we can work together to build bridges. But to, to get caught up into it's us against them. No, it's not, because as poor as we may be, there's more poor white people than there are people of color. You know, when I think about the babies that's coming behind us, and when we do go into those schools, there are some teachers that really care, and there are some teachers who don't give a damn, and you can just tell them their attitudes. And 99% of the teachers are black because that's the schools we go to. And sometimes I look at the teachers and I say out loud, if you don't care, resign. If 
because you are poisoning us, our babies. You are making it hard. If you're here just for a check, please let today be your last day because we know we all had those teachers who gave a damn and we all had those teachers who did not give a damn. And from the look of some of y'all, some of y'all don't give a damn. I went to one school and, okay, I've been told my mouth sometimes can be a problem. However, I feel like it's got to be said. So they call me into the library area while they're getting the, the kids into the, you know, into the auditorium. Mm-hmm. So me and Robin, we sitting in there and we waiting to go in. And the teachers came in there. And when I tell y'all, they look like bums. They look like they didn't give a damn. And if they didn't look like bums, they look like they was going to sell pussy. It was either one or the other. Well, goddamn. It was either either they had a skirt on so short. What? And I'm looking like, sis, I w- be pretty when you come, but this ain't the club. So they come in there, and they flop down in them chairs, and they said, Monique, we glad you're here, because you need to talk to them little girls. You need to let them, this is how they talk, you need to let them know what time it is. I said, before I can talk to them, have y'all taken time out to look at y'all? Because I can see your vagina, ma'am. I- Either I can see your vagina or it looks like you didn't wash your vagina. What? It was a, that was their dress nail. That's what they said. Yeah, this was their casual day. Oh. I said, y'all, we had casual days. Yeah. And I remember our teachers, their casual days were slacks. I was going to say. And some nice pants. flat shoes and a nice top. But their casual day was, I got on sweatpants. I got on a T-shirt that is not ironed. My hair looking like, fuck it. Mm-hmm. My, so I'm looking at that and I'm saying, is this what we pointing to our babies? Is this what we're giving them? Now, I got to give credit where credit is due. Give it. I've gone into some schools. The principal's sharp, them teachers are sharp, and the students are sharp. Even the ones that want to show a little ass and be a little grown, them principals and them teachers got us so on lock, they like, don't try me, but they loving them. Mm-hmm. Now, we don't see that too often. We don't see that too often. But when we do see it, we let those principals and teachers know we thank you. Because y'all are turning out respectable people. And when we do go into those schools, we let them babies know, listen, this system is set up for you to fail. It is not set up for you to win. So now if you know that already going in, what you going to do about it? And some of the teachers, y'all, they be standing up against the wall with their arms folded, looking at me like they about 16 years old. (laughs) Like, what are you saying, Monique? And then I have to address them Right. right in front of those students because I say, listen, if you coming in here with life on your shoulders... What you feeding to these babies? And it goes back to we 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 think that we evolved because we're adults, but we're just children with old faces. And it's difficult to get kids to do what they're supposed to do when we as adults don't do what we're supposed to do. And it's a symbiotic relationship between the parents and the schools. Again, mm. grandma's 60, 70, 80 years old, but she trying to run, take care of Tracy, Jordan, uh, Don Don and three more kids. Right. Okay, she gonna take care of all of them. Now the homework that they got now is different from the homework. See, uh, they got stuff in fourth grade that I know for God we was learning in the twelfth grade. We was graduating on that shit. Okay? I learned it at my first semester at Morgan. Okay, so you know <laughs> things have changed, but now you got Grandma who's seventy years old. Yes, trying to keep track of them. When we in our community, as my wife so eloquently says, we fuck for them, okay? When you fuck for them, and you have said that. A lot of times. When you're a hundred times, we fuck for them. When you are in a situation and you've had intercourse and you created these children and or your friends or your family, then that's where the community service begins. See, Stop thinking that our community starts when we walk out our door. Mm. Please understand the community service means you having a real conversation with your brother. I know he's been on drugs for a while, but how are you going to go help a community but not be able to help your own brother, your own friends, and have a conversation? And when it's your homeboy and you see he's not doing what he's supposed to be doing with his lady, real friends will say, hey, dog, hey, that's a good girl. That's a good woman. You might want to straighten up and fly right. I never forget when Snoop was on the show Come talking on. about Tupac and his relationship. And he said, forget what you hear about Tupac. That man saved my marriage. He told me when I was out in the street wilding, he was like, yo, what you doing? 
The cats out here want what you have and you got it and you're going to blow over somebody out in the street. Yes. You better focus on your family. Yes. So when we start focusing in on our family and stop being so ridiculous to think that all of a sudden these people are going to think about our families. We live in a society where the minority oftentimes get blamed. We understand that there was no black people around, uh, or should I say, there wasn't a high number of black people around when Hitler was doing his number in Germany. Come on. So if there's no black people around, white people going to find a way to fight white people. Just like <laughs> they going to find a way. Just like when you in Africa... Then they, you don't see no black people around, but somehow we decimating one another. Come on. We're talking about humanity here. That's the real. We're not talking about the color of people doing this and doing that. So it's always going to be excuse. And they hit me first and they did that. But what are we doing at home? Inside of our home, which is our community, yes. it is our village inside of our home. And if that village just is with you and your child and you a single parent, start with it. And you cannot walk around. We as adults cannot walk around. We cannot walk around with our heads down ever, ever You can be getting evicted out of your home as they're pulling the furniture out of your house. With dignity, say it is only because I did not have the money to pay the motherfuckers. It is not because I'm holding on to the chips and don't want to give them. It is because I didn't have it to give. Jordan, come on over here and help me with the couch. We're going to load this shit on the U-Haul. So at the end of the day, <laughs> you, you're still walking away with pride. Do not let anyone take your dignity away no matter what you have and no matter what you do not have. You should always be dignified in how you carry yourself. But you can't get it to a child sometimes without the parent learning that for themselves and believing. That's why you're dealing with the, the, the teachers at school with their arms folded because no one ever told them about overcoming adversities and that you never see any adversities or any obstacles in your path in your path they say you can never see any obstacles in your path when you're focused on your goal so when we start believing that and start living by that these punk ass sayings that i'm saying these corny ass sayings that i'm saying the shit that people be like oh that's some norman rockwell well bullshit it's like buy into it a little bit Buy, buy into it for yourself because nobody's going to give you this information. You've got to give it to yourself and believe it. And as at Gans start, I'm going to fuck it up. Star Nut says education starts at home. Yes, it does. Come on, Paulette. What you want to say? Well, I, I just want to say that um, when we go into the schools and we we talk to or Monique talks to the students and listens to the students also but I think there is a level of I, I think that encouragement needs to be given to the teachers and then the parents and or the adults that the children are dealing with and mm -hmm. I do think a lot of times though some of the adults are intimidated by school because they don't know it, you know what I mean? And they didn't get it when they were in school. And some parents have that grind, grind, grind mentality where I got to take care of my kids. I don't have time to feed anything into them. Mm -hmm. We have to survive. We have mm -hmm. to live. So without that, that extra encouragement of you can slow down a little bit, this is important too. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And Everything is, and then, and, and before you know it, your kids are 25 and they have the same mentality and they have kids and they're not giving their kids the attention. But as a mature adult who's made all those mistakes, you become the grandparent who does nurture that grandchild and say, okay, your mother's doing the same thing I did or your daddy's doing the same thing I did. Let me, let me, let me help you. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So I think that that's where the community comes in, but we have to be willing to take the responsibility to do that all the way around. Did I make sense? I mean, I yes. said a lot. I said a lot, but but yeah, I'm, here's I'm, the thing. And that Lee Paulette is robbing. Right. I'm sorry, baby. She's okay. <laughs> She's robbing. That's Rob Lee. <laughs> Somebody put in here, and I can't get the brother's name, and I hope he's still in here. 
he put, the village don't work. It's about me and mine, and if anybody from the village touch mine, it's going to be a problem. Here's the thing. The village does work, and just what you're explaining, there might be a sister out there that's saying, listen, y'all, I'm working two jobs both full times. So that's when the neighbor does step in. All right, Pam, look, you don't work, baby, so can you make sure you go up to the PTA meeting? Or it's when the neighbor steps in and you say, I'm illiterate. I don't, if I do go, baby, I don't even know it. So could you please go? See, that's when I believe that's when the community does get involved, when it's we do start at home. But we have such a pride about us as black I women. Say, I we, ain't asking nobody for not, shit. We will not. We have such a problem asking for help. But there are some of us who will ask for help. Or, or when you see that another woman or man, a dad, you know, parents mm-hmm. need help, even without putting it on them like, listen, I'm going to help you. But, no, hey, I see such and such. Um, mm-hmm. I'm familiar with that. I don't mind. Um, picking your kid up from baseball practice and, and bringing them home, or or I can bring your kid to my house and until you get off work, yes, if and that's okay and with in you. In order for that to take place, that already means that there was a firm investment in your child in order to meet someone else and their children. Absolutely. Yes. So there's an evolutionary but process, and that, that's what I'm saying. With your experience already, you know what I mean, and you see what's missing somewhere and just want to lend a hand but we're not willing to lend a hand I guess. So it's like when he was just uh, one of the gentlemen was just speaking in reference to um, I don't trust the village and someone else said that you have to pick and choose your village wisely. Mm-hmm. There's no one rule that's applicable to every situation mm-hmm. and there's a reason why one wouldn't trust it. There's a reason why one would say you have to pick and choose your village wisely. And when it starts to the the inside of your home, that starts with you picking your mate wisely. Mm. And then when you start bringing on uh, more aspects or elements of the house in the form of children, then you've got to shape and you've got to groom them to be able to find out who your children's friends are in the community because then that's when you'll run into the other parents who are like-minded and you see them showing up all the time and their kids look like they're doing okay from a standpoint of have love given to them and so forth. Then you formulate those relationships. It's like us with Gerald seeing him at the the baseball park all the time, then inviting the children over, then having a cookout. So it evolves in that way. However, first and foremost, again, when we focus in on us and refuse, another important aspect that we have to teach our kids is the stop being afraid of visibly failing in Mm -hmm. front of others. Because we are so afraid of failing, we oftentimes don't attempt to try. When the real failure is the fact that we never gave it a try in the first place. And when we start focusing in on living beyond your wildest dreams, whatever your wildest dreams are, why not start them off shooting for that? Because they say when you shoot for the stars, you can never end up coming. You can't come up with mud. So if you only make it to the sky and you didn't make it, to the stars, but that you did pretty good. But we've got to allow our kids to believe that anything can happen because anything can happen. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. We're talking about it, y'all. Does black lives matter to us as black people? We'll scream and march and we'll raise a lot of hell when another race of people, another color, excuse me, another color of people kill this color of people. But when it's the same color of people, what are we doing? What are we doing? And I think that we've gotten so used to us mistreating us. It's like, oh, but that, well, we ain't, listen, that's not even important. We don't have to deal with that. But if we go back to saying, I just want to be respectful all the way around, if we go back to doing that, watch what happens. Watch what happens. And, Daddy, when you say it starts at home, it does. It does. 
However, some babies, when they go home, ain't nobody there. And I want to address something because I keep seeing this put in here where they're saying men need to raise their families. Men need to be home with their families. Let me tell y'all something statistically. And this is another myth that's been thrown out there. There are far more deadbeat mothers than there are deadbeat fathers. There are far more. There are some raggedy-ass women out there. But because it's always put out there that the daddies ain't no good, now you're talking about a black daddy. So he get the double-double bullshit. There's a whole lot of black daddies out there, baby, that's putting in the work for their babies, and the mothers are shit. And you've got rules out there and regulations because the state doesn't want to pay for it, such as an individual who later on found out not to be the father, but because he signed up, now we're going to keep him the father, and now you're still paying child support for an individual's child that's not your child, but now you have children of your own that you can't feed because of some old statute that's on the books because the state doesn't want to pay for it. And for the mothers out there who pull that trick, when I tell you, when that comes back, because there are mothers out there Black mamas, because we're talking about black lives and do we matter. There are black mamas out there that really don't give a damn about their babies. It's all about that money. And now you're seeing these relationships where she don't really want to be bothered with that child. But if you ain't giving me this money, I'm going to keep you from your child or I'm going to make shit so difficult that now this baby will grow up in a state of confusion and conflict simply because the mother didn't realize he no longer wants to be with you. No longer, but now you're going to hold this baby hostage. See, when we say this Black Lives Matter, it goes into all of that because you got some black mamas that are doing their damnness not to let the black daddies be a good daddy. So if you're one of those, could you please stop it? Because you are a huge part of the problem. You're a huge part of the problem. Even as we watch some of these reality shows, baby, and you see them brothers. You see them. Listen, just let me get my child. And you see these. It's like, y'all, look at the poison. And and that's an example sometimes because... Jason, he don't buy Pampers. I can't remember the last time he bought Pampers. That's why I don't even let him see Samantha. Well, what you're saying is now, you know he don't have money, but he wants to spend time. So what you're saying is the money is going to, he's paying for the time? Yes. Is that how y'all got together? Mm. Because he had to buy you, you know, Mm. something, and Mm. then y'all got together, now you have a child? Mm -hmm. So this is the world that we live in, and when we start focusing in on these little nuances within our society of people of color that extend in other people's situation as well. This is the, we're not a different species or some subculture. All of this exists amongst Every culture that you can think about, but it is because we live in a society whereby we are often highlighted as being on the bottom that we have to have these conversations to say, if we really want to take care of ourselves, we must first take care of ourselves. We must stop looking for someone to look out for us. And someone asked me earlier, Sydney, are you a Christian? I am not. I am not. Um, And here's the thing. I don't knock anyone who is of any other religion either. However, because you have to utilize what uh, works for you. I'm a humble believer that for those individuals who say I'm a person of faith and I can believe in the unseen, then surely if you can believe in the unseen, you can understand why someone wouldn't believe because they too have not seen what it is that you're talking about. Because you then begin to pose questions like, If the God that you serve, and we've been prayerful to that God since the uh, Caucasian man introduced us to this white Jesus, we've been so, uh, we've prayed to that being for so long. Why would we be subjected to the things that we've dealt with for so long? The slavery, the mentality, the things that we're experiencing right now. If this God was so graceful when we were praying to that being, it is perhaps because. It's not to say that there's not a God. It's to say that that God may have infused in you along with your ability to think for yourself to think for yourself. Mm. Find your way out of this. You found your way into it. Find your way out of it. Mm. Don't call on me. 
I'm at the foul line about to shoot, and I'm praying that God's going to show me favor as I hit this free throw. Like he got something against Kobe and them on the, on the Lakers. I know he retired, but that's all I can think of right now. And he, he going to go against it. It's like if that's this higher being, when you have two children playing on opposing sides, but they're playing against one another, who are you voting for? Because they're all your children. Mm. So how could that higher being show a preference over you versus someone else if that's your father God? So sometime I quote you. No, daddy. No, daddy. Please keep going. These are the things energetically that I'm believing that is this. There's nothing that I've heard of that could be compared to God that energy could not be compared to as well. When we say God brought us together. Perhaps if God is energy, because the vibes that we send off to one another attract one another. Because let me explain something to you. The women that's around me, based upon Monique, when I tell you all of them bitches is fighters <laughs> without lighters. They are fighters. They will fight. They cut. They, they don't steal. But they will fight. They will cut. They will beat you down. But they're lovely in their spirit. And when <laughs> they're lovely in their spirit. But the thing about it is when we start focusing in on our spirit and start waiting for someone to save us. Come on. For we need not to be saved. And if we need to be saved, we need to save ourselves. Be comfortable with that. We're talking about it. Does black lives matter to black people? Oh, I, I, I so like this conversation because... Being an entertainer, being a black entertainer. You're a black entertainer? Daddy, that's what they told me. Okay. Shit. Uh, being a black entertainer, for me, from reading history of black people going into Hollywood, and when you hit whatever that was, it was a pride when. That black entertainer traveled, and if you saw a a sky cap, or you traveled on a train, or you traveled on a bus, when you saw one another as black people, there was a pride, not because they were a star and they were looking up to you, it was just a pride of we made it. We made it, and when y'all hugged, it was a hug of, because you made it, we made it. That's why for me, and I'm grateful for those stories, so I make it my business. I'm a hug that sister that's working in that bathroom. Not because I'm famous. It's because, bitch, we made it. And we hold on to each other. And last night at that premiere, a young lady came up to me, and she hugged me, and she said, you came to my high school. And this was a grown woman. And me and that baby hugged, and because she was hesitant to come over. And I'm like, bitch, bring it on over here, because we made it. Mm-hmm. So when I see some entertainers that are black, and I see us, and when I see us push us away, and I be having to say to myself, Monique, mind your business, don't, bitch, don't say it. This is why they don't like you now, bitch, because you be saying shit. (laughs) But when I see the black entertainers, and I'll see a sister or brother go up to that entertainer, and they say, oh, my God, can I please get a picture? And they look at them and go, no. And keep walking. I want to grab them and say, have you lost your motherfucking mind? It's because of they black ass. That you live in how you live in. And not just black. Why? Anybody. 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 But when I'm in that, <laughs> when I'm in that arena and, and I see it happen and I look at us and I'm like, really? Really? You've gotten so accepted by the white audience now. That you can now look down on us, and I always say us, because I'm in, I'm that woman in the bathroom, I'm that sister in the kitchen, I'm that sister, at, I'm them. So when did you not become us? That you can turn your nose down. So that's when I take issue when we treat each other that way, when we do that to one another. And I'm gonna say it because it's on my heart to say it. See, I can remember time, baby, when Bill Cosby, as a black entertainer, and would speak so. What's the word I'm looking for? He would speak as if we were second-class citizens. Mm-hmm. It was rough. It was rough. Mm-hmm. And 
I always felt like if you gonna do that, that's one of them ones, nigga. You take us in the basement and you close the door. Ain't no cameras in here, cause right now I need to say some shit. But it was always the cameras. It was always out, and it's like, well, at what time did you come to us when it wasn't no cameras and say, let me have a conversation? See, when we go in those schools, it gets real real. That's why I said, well, you can't have no cameras. Because it gets real, real. But that's the part where, for me, as that entertainer, I look at us sometime and I say, that's how we're going to do us. I don't think that the conversation and the topics that he was having was the issue as much as it was the way in which he was speaking about it without a level of understanding why these things were transpiring. Yes. And... It was spoken about in a way that could easily be construed as condescending to our community with him being smart enough to know the reasons behind it, but having it in a rational way where it's not a feeling of, see, I'm telling them. I'm one of them that's going to tell them for you what you thinking. And more so along the lines of if you're going to speak about something, it's kind of like we're having a conversation today. If a person's a Democrat, they have a tendency of trying to stay loyal to being a Democrat and overlooking the problems with Obamacare. Mm -hmm. Like, the shit is high. Okay, it's getting higher. Okay, (laughs) let's let's understand that. Yes. So, but if you want to play that game, you're not going to get real results because you got to be balanced to say Trump is wild, Hillary is wild, all of this shit is wild. Mm -hmm. But... As long as we keep deflecting to protect our side, we're not really on our side. But at the same time, when we go too hard on us, we're not allotting for the one question is when you hear people say they're playing the race card and or they are uh, using slavery as an excuse. One would have to say, and I've mentioned this before. When you work for. IBM and IBM is having business meetings. IBM is having business meetings so IBM can win. They're not having conversations about how can we make Apple more profitable. Mm-hmm. When Apple's having a conversation about things involving Apple, they're not interested in IBM being profitable. So when we look at the individuals who wrote the Constitution and the Declaration of Independence, I didn't see anybody or hear about the black guy that was in the room that had the pen. They handed him the pen to sign. Come on. I didn't even hear about the white woman that was allowed for that to happen. Come on. So when you see that there was a group of white men who wrote up the Declaration of Independence that ironically the word independence that they had declared black people were slaves during the writing and signing of the Declaration of Independence, which is an oxymoron within itself. But when you're considered three-fifths of a human being, it's easy to be done. And now we move 400 years, we would say, with all the injustices that have taken place, tell me what was the remedy or the moment in history that there were more uh, things that are counteracted the obstacles that we had, as opposed with all the obstacles we had in our way what have they done? Like, there ain't been no casino set up for black people to open up because no. of where we were in history. There was no 40 acres in the mule. No. There was no reparations. So there have been these obstacles that have been put in our way, but there have been no remedies extended. And that's real talk. It's real. It's like, what, so when we understand they, ha- they haven't been given to us and they're probably not going to be, then what do we do? Sit around and wait for them? Well, a lot of us would say sit around and wait on the Lord. We're talking about black lives. Do they matter to black people? And I know my daddy, (laughs) come back and say, Mama. But when you say black lives and do they matter to black people, and then you start talking about Christianity, and you almost start saying, y'all, how can we sell this to one another when we know this doesn't add up and make sense? And how long should we wait? Should we wait till we take the last breath with our fingers crossed? Oh, now I'm going to get to heaven? Instead of saying to ourselves, why can't we have it right here? Why can't our heaven be right here? 
when we say does black lives matter to black people, how do we allow the Asian community to come into our, they don't live in those communities. They don't live there. They don't say, you know what, this is part of my community too. If them sisters and brothers live in the community, you have every right, baby, to put your small business in that community. But how did we allow them to come in and take over the hair industry in our communities, then get in their big cars and go back to their communities. They're not at fault at that. That's not their fault. They took advantage of an opportunity. But we in the community, how many sisters in the community got little five and dime hair salons and say, listen here, let's put our money together. Let's open us up a hair store because we know how prof how many of us take the initiative to make it happen for us? See, when we put out Monique Something Different on Amazon.com, and we don't know the results of it yet, but we're hoping that the community of people said, you know what, we like this route of entrepreneurship. We like the fact that it's not packaged, then it's in a store, now I'm paying $30 for something that really costs $5. Mm-hmm. But because you made it really pretty, we're going to pay it. We said it's $2.99 to rent, $7.99 to buy. We didn't put, the cover is the cover. But you didn't have to go through bells and whistles. When you saw what Beyonce did and put that out on her own, well, a record company saying, give, give her a blank check. Because, shit, if she walk away, we lose. And she let them know, I can walk away. If the brothers at the NBA, if all of them got together and said, y'all know what? We're going to start our own league. Because look at the NBA. Look at it. It's, if the NFL got together, if those brothers said, we're going to start our own league, what then happens? But we still have such a fear that when you look in the stands at those games, and you don't see half and half. Now, it's 99% of us on the floor, but it's 99% white in the audience. And you're saying, do our lives really matter? Do we get the kids out there that can really watch it? Do we say, listen, we got to make it so affordable that they can dream, they can come see us play? And I'm not blaming anyone. I'm just saying when we put out there and we hold up these signs and we say Black Lives Matter, when are they going to start mattering to us? When are we going to take out the time and say, listen, we're not saying we're not supporting them, but we're going to support us. I've had people say to me, this was a question of I think people thought they were complimenting me. And they would say, how does it feel to go mainstream? And I would say, well, I need you to tell me what mainstream is. And they would pause. Because it's like, oh, shit, how do we answer right. mainstream? And I said, well, what stream am I in right now? My daddy taught me this. He said, you got, because you have to ask questions. Because before, I'm going to just flare up. What stream am I in right now? And then they get quiet. And no one would say anything. Until one time I was in a meeting with high-powered black folks and a couple of high-powered white folks, whatever that means, Right? And they trying to sell me on this sitcom. And they saying, Monique, we know this can go mainstream, mainstream. And this is the black folks saying it to me. And I'm looking at them, and I had to say, what's mainstream? And not one black person would say it. And the white guy said, it's the white audience will accept it. I said, then I don't want it. I don't want it. I'm good with the stream I'm in right now. Now, if y'all want to come play in the stream with me, you can. But what y'all are saying right now, black folk... Monique, they gonna like us. Well, what happened with us liking us? And I don't think you were saying as much as I don't want it. As much as you were saying, listen, that's not what I'm in it for. Yes. And part of our problem in our community is that we gotta reflect on and really be considerate of what it is that we say. And the way that we say it, because oftentimes we're not thinking about the details of of what we're saying, because it can easily, easily be misconstrued. And they are only pointing out exactly what you say. So when we start focusing in on that, as well as uh, being and dealing with the people in our homes and having that real conversation, because what you are saying is absolutely right. It's like. The real shit is, if you come out and you can appreciate what it is that she's providing, it's appreciated. And that has no color. 
Yes. It has no color. But it's when it's we're trying to have this group of people appreciate you more, then it begins to invalidate all the other groups of individuals around as if they're not important. And the one thing we prided ourselves on with the Monique show is we didn't have B and C level guests because we looked at every human being that came to the show as an A-lister. And that's what they were able to appreciate. And when we start looking at everyone that we meet as an A-lister, even when they act like they on the (laughs) D-list, even when they act like it, you're giving yourself that necessary respect because we got to be empathetic. We have to be understanding of why people act the way they act because if we take that beat to do that, we're doing ourselves a favor by saying, I'm not going to get pissed off and go to jail fucking with you today. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. What I'm going to do is recognize crazy when I'm looking at it. He's off. And I'm not saying it just because that eye's going in the opposite direction as he's talking angrily to me. I'm going to <laughs> accept the fact that he's off based upon what he's saying. So I'm going to be cool and say, I respect you, brother. And let me get out the way. But being able to possess a little control and patience. What we were talking about, Brother Bill, and the way in which he was making his statements without consideration. If we take a beat, take a moment, and become considerate of what we're saying, we will articulate what it is that's in our hearts. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) What we're trying to convey. Because when Monique say, oh, fuck you, bitch, that don't mean (laughs) that. It means go on, stop playing. If you come back at me right, then we cool. All of that is said in fuck you, bitch. But you got to read down beneath the captions to see what she's saying. Do y'all see why I need him? Because, (laughs) because, because I can be one of those people and I can be impulsive. And my daddy has to say to me, I need you to take a breath and just count for a minute. And I'm appreciative of that. And those are the conversations, though, that we're not having. So when we say do black lives matter, do they matter to us? And who's courageous enough to have the real conversations with us and not want our money on Sunday of our incomes? And who's going to be courageous enough to say, listen, guys, for this Sunday, let's just close the book. For this Sunday, let's just put it down for this Sunday and let's have some real talk. Let's have that conversation about what are we doing behind our closed doors. Let's have that real conversation with Sharon where we keep saying, listen, you keep coming back to the pantry every Tuesday, Sharon. Now, we're giving you an opportunity to get yourself together. Who's having the real, that real dialogue? And again, we keep saying, let's just pray. Pray on it. Pray on it. Pray on it. Pray on it. Okay, let's pray. But let's put it into work. And let's not make somebody accountable or responsible. If, if that is real for what you believe, don't they have enough on their plate? Don't they have enough shit to worry about? And now here you come. So... If we say black lives matter and they really matter to us, let's each and every one of us individually start doing our part for whatever that part is. If it's behind your closed door, if it's out of your door, whatever that part is, start taking your part and doing your part. Because if each one truly teach one, that's all it takes. And let your part start with the inside of your own home. Let your part start with the inside of who you are and then move outward to the closest ones that are next to you. They said, sure, and be wild. And <laughs> sure, and be wild. That's why I like the people we fuck with. Right. We grab on to it. Get it. So listen, my babies, we talked about it today. And, and we hope that y'all were able to take something from it. Because I know I sure did, Daddy. Absolutely. Yeah. We had a good time. All the time. All the time. So listen, my babies, um, this weekend, this weekend, we will be in Oxnard, California at the Improv Comedy Club. Two shows Friday, two shows Saturday. Y'all come on out and let's have a good time. Right now, like I've been saying, every comedy club and comedy show should be packed around the world because laughter is truly the best medicine. If you can't get out to the show, no worries. Go to Amazon.com get it. and download Monique Something Different. Something Different. And make sure y'all tell a friend and tell another friend to please go to play.it and listen to Monique and Sydney's 
open relationship. Yeah. Did you make that rhyme? Daddy, I was listening. Yeah, baby, I was trying to bust it. Yeah, you busted it. Right, though. You should. You should. Peter Pepper, Pepper, Pepper. Don't rhyme. Humming them a note, what? And then one time. Humming them a what? And then what? And then jam Okay, you guys sometimes know when to shut it down, okay, though, baby. baby God damn, I'm trying to get, get the cue and shit. That's the part I need help with. Okay, baby. That's why that's <laughs> why you take us on home, take love. us on home. Take us home. My loves. I am Monique. And I am Sydney. And this is Monique and Sydney's open relationship. And like my daddy always says, the mind is like a parachute. It's no good unless it's open. We love y'all. For free. <laughs> Give it to me. Bye, my babies. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.